You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Now before we jump into the word this morning, um, this, is, this is a version of a message that Pastor Mark had heard me share before and asked me to come and bring it today, so I'm going to honor and respect that request and bring a word to you today that I've entitled Five Foundations for Fearless Living. Five Foundations for Fearless Living. My goal today is to provide you with a word from heaven that you can, that you can carry, that you can reference, that you can cling to, not just for this next crazy season that our world is in, but really for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. I love that today is Pentecost Sunday. I love that. 2,000 years ago on this day, the Holy Spirit was poured out. The church was birthed. And the Apostle Peter, without fear and with massive amounts of courage and boldness, preached the first sermon. And in the three-and-a-half-minute sermon, 3,000 people were born again by the Spirit of God. It's the day that satanic fear was dealt a severe blow. And I'm hoping, praying today, that today is a day where satanic fear is going to be dealt a severe blow right here in this room or for everybody who's watching online right now. Um, fear is a huge topic. There's all kinds of different facets to it, but I am definitely going to give you enough to equip you today to live fearlessly, for sure. Now, one of the things that we have to pay attention to is this issue of the end times. People ask the question, you know, do you, do you think, I just had a, a, a cab driver in D.C. ask me, do you think we're living in the end times? And I said, well, I know we're living in the end times. Of course we are. Well, how do I know that? Well, because the Bible tells me that. And it goes back again to the day of Pentecost when Peter was asked, what's going on here? And he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So Peter recognized that 2,000 years ago, we were in the last days. The Apostle John in his writing in 1 John said, not only are we not in the last days, we are in the last hour. So if we've been in the last hour for 2,000 years, guess what? We're like in the last seconds right now. So yes, we're living in the last days. And so it helps us understand and to, to start to frame things through a biblical narrative and to have a biblical worldview. It's really, really important. Now, the end times and its connection to fear is undisputed. Jesus in Luke chapter 21, verse 26, as he's talking about all of the signs of the times and all that, just this one verse, look what he says. He said that men's hearts will fail them from what? From fear. Men's hearts will fail them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. There's going to be something that happens, Jesus said, in the hearts of humanity where they're so freaked out by fear because of what they see and who they're not trusting that it's going to cause their heart to actually give out. They just, they just collapse under the weight of everything that's going on in society. Friends, we're living in a day and in a time when believers and unbelievers alike are fearful of all kinds of stuff. Now, 
when COVID happened a little over two years ago, I could take you to the place where I was standing, the David Citadel Hotel in Jerusalem. We were one of the last groups out, and we were just starting to hear the rumblings of what this COVID thing was. And I could take you to the spot where God said to me, this isn't about being exposed to COVID. This is about being exposed by COVID. And what COVID did was expose where we were as the church. And one of the things that COVID exposed in the church was fear, was fear. Now, um, let, let me just take a vote real quick. Should I say what I'm thinking about saying right now or not? Right. It's your fault. Now, I don't want to be graphic, but I, I do think that there's something in this that's, that's astounding. We were there in Jerusalem, and what we heard as a result of this COVID thing that was descending upon the world was going to kill us all. We were all going to die from it. Was that everybody was running to the grocery stores and to Costco and all that to buy <laughs> what? Toilet paper. <laughs> Can I just say this? It's a biblical word, by the way. COVID had so scared the crap out of all of us that we sought salvation in Charmin. Our solution, this, this is what we need to do, all right? This is our battle cry. Are you ready? Go get toilet paper. Exposed by not just exposed to. So fear, believers and unbelievers alike, totally full of fear in the days that we, we're fearful about the economy, we're fearful about inflation, about food, gas prices. They've doubled since the current administration has been in office, if you haven't noticed. It's a factual statement, not a political statement. The supply chain, globalism, the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland just met last week. The World Health Organization, uh, thank God for former Congresswoman and former presidential candidate Michelle Bachman. If she wouldn't have raised a stink about the Biden administration relinquishing American sovereignty to the World Health Organization, it probably we would have given our nation over to whatever the World Health Organization wanted to mandate on our lives. Okay, it got shut down temporarily, but you just need to know what's going on. Social issues like crazy causing fear and panic, violence, war. Listen, in the last week, in the last week, uh, what could I, I mean, how many different things could I go through? I could tell you that Israel uh, did its greatest military campaign and practice in its history, that they uh, were creating mock scenarios over to Cyprus from Jerusalem or Israel to Cyprus, which just happens to be the same distance from Jerusalem to Tehran, just coincidentally, just happens to be the same distance, refueling their jets and doing all of their stuff. It was called uh, Operation Chariots of Fire. Um, um, North Korea launched eight missiles in the last couple days. Um, for testing for future nuclear weapons. We've got, 
what's happening in, um, in Russia, or I should say in uh, Ukraine. There is more war and potential for war than ever. China is just waiting for its opportunity to take over Taiwan. And so, friends, I'm just saying there's so much stuff just going on in the world today that people who don't understand this isn't about who's in the White House. This is about who's on the throne. And they lose sight of that and fear grips them. The next pandemic. Let me just, let me just tell you something, okay? There's another pandemic coming. And now how can I be sure of that? I can be sure of that because the last one was the result of men. This is called created chaos. This is moving us toward globalism, one world government, one world religion. It's moving us toward all of that stuff. The next pandemic is coming. Expect it, right? Because it'll be engineered that way to be more devastating than COVID. So knowing that in advance, then how do I live in the moment? Right, Jesus said, behold, I tell you this before it happens. Why? So we don't lose heart when it does happen. Okay, we understand again who's really in charge. Harassment, persecution of the church. This was unbelievable just in the last week. We had the tragic, tragic uh, shooting at the elementary school in Texas. And you know, the, these, these brilliant minds on The View, right? These brilliant minds on The View, these, these incredibly educated women. You know, uh, listen, I'm just telling you how it is. You already told me to say what I'm thinking, so it's, this, this is all on you. Yeah. You know, Whoopi Goldberg, who was so convinced that Joe Biden's wife was a medical doctor, said, she's so, she's so incredible, she should be the next Surgeon General. What Whoopi didn't understand was she's not a medical doctor. So it's these kinds of minds. So they announced on The View last week that, that this shooting that took place in... Um, Texas, in Uvalde, Texas, was the result of white supremacist Christians. Even though the guy that pulled the trigger had nothing to do with being a white supremacist or a Christian, white Christians get the blame for it, which I'm telling you, you can expect more of that in the future. Just expect more of it. It's coming our way, all right? So the list could go on and on. I want to read you a uh, a portion of a book that I read earlier this year that just came out from a uh, Dr. McDonald. Uh, he's a psychiatrist, highly trained, highly respected. Uh, he wrote about what happened with COVID. The book is entitled The United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Hysteria. And I quote, when the pandemic arrived in 2020, a new expression of fear emerged. Across the full patient spectrum, complaints of worry, insomnia, and drug cravings increased. He said, patients of mine who had been stable for months or years suddenly required medication dose changes. Former patients returned back for therapy because they were struggling to cope. New patients nearly universally cited anxiety as their reason for seeking help. Although many could not identify the source of their anxiety, most admitted feeling unsafe. America is indeed suffering from a pandemic, but not a medical one. Instead, it is a pandemic of fear. This fear pandemic is taking a far greater toll on our lives than any virus ever could. 
Many people now appear to be addicted to the daily drama of fear. He said, it is my diagnosis that we are suffering from a society-wide mental health crisis due to the pandemic of fear. And he said, this affliction requires urgent treatment. Now he's writing from a secular standpoint. He's not writing as a believer. He's not writing as a pastor or a prophet or a teacher. He's writing as a trained psychiatrist from a secular standpoint. And if I didn't tell you that and just read that quote and said, who do you think said it? You might say, oh, that was some great pastor or something. No, no, no. Secular people are recognizing what the church should have been revealing a long time ago. They're quicker to acknowledge it and they're quicker to talk about it. And so he said this affliction requires urgent treatment and today we plan on treating it urgently. Today we're gonna treat fear with truth. Truth is what is going to get fear out of your heart, off your back and out of your life. The truth, faith in the truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I'm gonna share the word of God that I hope that you'll put faith in so that then you will be free from operating in fear for the rest of your life. So today we're gonna talk about five foundations for fearless living. Again, we're talking about satanic fear. We're talking about this, this spirit of fear. I'm not talking about the fear of the Lord, no, no, no. I'm talking about which comes from the devil that seeks to paralyze people overtake people's lives and keep them from living the life that God has called you to live with peace and with power. So some general observations about satanic fear. Number one, fear showed up, fear showed up as a result of mankind's fall. You have to go back to the very beginning, Genesis chapter three, they ate the forbidden fruit. God says, hey, uh, Adam, where are you? And he says, Adam responds in Genesis 3.10, I was afraid. First time the word shows up, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Three verses later, God asked him, how do you know what happened? And he said in Genesis 3.13, the serpent deceived me. Now here's what I want you to understand. Deception and fear go hand in hand. Deception and fear go hand in hand. That's why the media tries to groom us with deception so that it'll produce fear. Deception and fear go hand in hand. The enemy deceives us, what? Regarding God's faithfulness toward us. Adam and Eve, God's not gonna be faithful. He's gonna be a withholder. He doesn't want you to eat the fruit because then he'll know that you'll become like him. So God isn't faithful. He's just withholding something good from you. So he deceives about God's faithfulness toward us. And then what happens? Fear sets in. What, what comes next? Isolation. Adam said what? I hid myself. I was afraid, so I hid myself. Friends, when the United States government and the governments of the world at the beginning of the pandemic started telling churches, you need to shut down, you need to close down, you can't be getting together, right? Pastors and churches around the world, around the nation, completely and immediately gave in to every bit of it. It, it. Listen, it didn't matter that the Lord said, never, never, 
forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. It didn't matter what God said to pastors and to, and to the, the body of Christ. It mattered what the government said. Again, we were exposed by COVID, not just to COVID. And so what happened? Fear sets in, and then what? Isolation. Stay in your house. Stay locked down. Don't go to work. Live in fear and live in isolation. And God the whole time is saying, no. No. We were all so convinced that we were all going to die like immediately that we immediately forsook the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, when we should have been what? Encouraging one another as we see the day approaching. See, this is the issue with fear moving forward, friends. Are we going to believe what God's word says about what we should do and how we should live? Or are we going to believe the mandates of godless people with a godless agenda? These are questions the church and pastors in particular have to start answering. Now, fear. Fear is to Satan's kingdom what faith is to God's kingdom. Fear gets Satan's work done. Faith gets God's work done. Understand that. Fear is what the enemy uses. Faith is what God flows through. All right, so fear showed up as a result of mankind's fall, number one. Number two, God warns us against being fearful in every scenario of life because fear steals what God has for our life. If we had time, I could take you to every verse and every phrase from from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. All throughout, in every scenario and situation in life, God speaks to it to his people and says, do not fear, do not be afraid. The Bible starts with don't fear, the Bible ends with don't fear. Now. I'm gonna give you some of these examples to help you see this, but I want you to know there is so many that we don't have time to get into all of it this morning. But let's start in the book of Genesis. God said to Abram, while he was still Abram, not yet Abraham, God said to Abram, who was setting out on a venture of faith. So as, as we're venturing out in faith and following God, You need to hear this for yourself as much as Abram heard it for himself. Genesis 15, one. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Now what we can see from the beginning of creation all the way through, we, we can look at the individual lives of these people and put together this narrative, this puzzle, where it all pertains to us individually. And so God would say to us, as we venture out into our life of faith with him, God's word to us when we first get started in following him is don't be afraid. What happens next? Moses to the people as he's leading them out of Egypt, Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. 
For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. I love the wording on that. So Moses is then speaking to the people as he's leading them out of Egypt. Do you see this? God says to Abram, all right, you're starting your venture of faith. Don't be afraid. It goes then to the next level as this venture of faith starts progressing. Moses then says, as you're about to be delivered from the enemy's slavery, here's what you need to know. Don't be afraid. Now, the next part of this is God says to Joshua, leading them into the promised land, Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, God said, commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So leading out into a venture of faith, don't be afraid. Leading out of Egypt and being delivered from satanic slavery, don't be afraid. Now also being led into the promised land, being led into the promises of God and the newness of life. What's the word? Don't be afraid. And you can't miss the word commanded here. Like living without fear, it's, it's not a suggestion from God. Rachel, he's commanding us. Don't be afraid. Have I not commanded you? We, we look at not being fearful as a suggestion. God says, no, 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 it's not a suggestion. It's a command. I'm commanding you to live fearlessly. I'm commanding you to be strong and courageous. We, we look at other people who have accomplished much and go, oh, well, that, you know, those verses are just kind of for those special people. No, 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 they're special people because they didn't give in to fear and God used them to accomplish great things. And you're no different. You're no different. The prophet to the nation of Israel, we go hundreds of years further, but just to try to help you see this, the prophet to Israel regarding the overwhelming of the enemy. And the prophet speaks in 2 Chronicles 20, 15, and he says these words, listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. Let me just give you some really bad news right now. Are you ready for this? Here's the bad news. You're venturing out in faith. You're not just leaving something. You're moving into something else. There's going to be giants in the land. There's going to be times where you feel overwhelmed by the enemy and you just don't feel it. You can look out there and see him. You're outnumbered. You're outnumbered. What's the word? Don't be afraid. Well, how can I not be afraid? You cannot be afraid because the battle isn't yours. It's the Lord's. Can I tell you, your battle isn't to change the circumstances. The battle that you're going to face is trusting God when you're outnumbered. That's the battle for you because everything that goes back to Genesis chapter three is gonna be, you can't trust God to be faithful in this moment. 
And it deceives us. And then all of a sudden, what? We give in to fear. And we isolate ourselves and we hide and we're, we're, we're done. We're paralyzed. We're locked up. And we're not fulfilling that which God's called us to. The battle is the Lord's. It's not your battle to change circumstances. It's your battle to keep your eyes on him who does change circumstances. That's the real battle right there. You go through the Gospels. Too many verses, too many situations. Jesus constantly telling people, do not be afraid. You're facing a storm in your life. Jesus told those people, don't be afraid. You're facing sickness in your life. What did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. Jesus even told people who were facing death, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of death. What COVID exposed Christians of followers of Jesus? We're scared to death of death. Come on, somebody's gotta be honest. We, we are scared to death of death. I thought Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. I thought he disarmed principalities and powers by the power of the cross. I thought he is resurrection and life. I thought he was the one that said, yes, though you die, you shall live. And then he said, do you believe this? John 11, 25 and 26. All throughout the gospels, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. We move forward and this one is, I just can't camp here, but man, I'd love to. The apostle Paul goes into Corinth and he's getting ready to do what he does, which is preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 18, verse nine, now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. And what the Lord said to him was, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. Don't be afraid. Now, Paul had shown nothing about being afraid. I mean, he was as courageous as they could be, but the Lord had to remind him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid here in Corinth. And as we read a few verses farther, what do we see? There were violent people in Corinth who got a hold of Paul's people and beat him near to death in front of the Bema seat. There was reason to be afraid. And, Paul, and Jesus says to Paul in this situation, don't be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. Acts 18.9, y'all want to know how to pray for pastors in America right now? You pray this for them, Acts 18.9. Because we've got too many pastors who are afraid, who are not speaking up, and we are contributing to the church being like 1930s Germany where the church sat silently because the government had convinced them that they were to be quiet and to allow the assassination of six million Jews. And it was the silent pulpits in 1930s Germany that contributed to the assassination of six million people. We have got silent pulpits in America. They're afraid to say what God says because they are pandering to the crowds. Nickels and noses. I don't, want to, I don't want to say anything that's truthful because we might lose people. There might not be overflow people out there in the lobby. 
So let me, let me just beat around the bush, give a nice little three-point sermon. How to live your best life now. Let's all just be happy and Botoxed out. Let's live your best life now. That ain't gonna get it done. It's not getting it done. Y'all, I'm not even close to being ready for you. Just... I love y'all, go away. Jesus to the church regarding suffering, testing, and tribulation. The book of Revelation, I told you we'd start in Genesis and end in Revelation, Revelation 2.10. Do not fear, Jesus said, any of those things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you're gonna have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. God's word to us through every scenario, stage and season of life is don't be afraid. Fear is not just an emotion, fear is spiritual, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind, a mind that's composed and fixed and focused on the truth of God so that fear doesn't deceive me or paralyze me or keep me from doing what God's called me to do. Now let's start the message. What are the five foundations of fearless living? They're all found in one verse. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, saith the Lord. Fear not. Why? Number one, I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. Four, number two, I'm your God. Number three, I will strengthen you. Yes. Number four, I will help you. And number five, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Five foundations for fearless living. A foundation is something you lay out so you can build something bigger on. Number one, God said, I am with you. I'm with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Friends, God is with you when it seems like he's nowhere in the county or the state. You gotta gotta grow into that knowing that. He's with you, will never leave or forsake. He's always working for your good. Those aren't just the lyrics to a song. This is the reality of God. He's always working for your good because he's with you. Number two, he said what? Because I'm your God. This is personal. It's, It's possessive in nature. It means that everything that God is, Savior, healer, deliverer, provider, sustainer. Everything that God is, is ours because he's mine and and I'm his. When I understand that fear has no place because there's a faithful father that takes the place of fear. Number three, he said, I'm gonna strengthen you. You're feeling fear, the temptation to be fearful right now? Uh -uh, uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm gonna strengthen you. I'm gonna make you strong and courageous and bold and fearless. This comes from God. Fear comes from the enemy. Fearlessness comes from God. Strength comes from God. 
Before he said, he's going to help me. He'll assist me. He'll come to my aid and to my rescue and to my deliverance because he's for me who can be against me. He said he'd uphold me with his righteous right hand. He'd uphold me by his righteous. The right hand is what? It's the hand of power and promise and blessing. Didn't say he would do it with his hands, plural. Didn't say he'd do it with his left hand. It says very specifically, I will do it with my right hand. I will uphold you with favor and with power. I will keep you from going under, saith the Lord. The devil's there to tell you you're about to sink, you're about to drown. God said, I will uphold you. You see, the battle, beloved, it's for our minds, it's for our hearts, it's about what we believe. Is God good? Is God for us? Is he powerful? Is he a covenant-keeping, promise-fulfilling God or not? When he says, behold, I've commanded you to not be fearful, does he really mean that? Is it a command or is it just a suggestion? No, it's a command. And the command is rooted in who he is and his commitment to you. Here's my last verse. And then y'all can come back out. (laughs) They're not coming back. (laughs) They're so offended. Again, y'all told me just say what's in my mind. So there it is. Isaiah 35, four. Let me give you just one more. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is what defeats fear. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, don't be afraid. Well, how how can you say that to me? You don't know what I'm going through or what's going on in my life. (laughs) I can say that to you, they're fearful. (laughs) I can only say to you, fear not because of what God says to you. It's not me telling you anything. I'm just the messenger. It's God saying from Genesis to Revelation, don't be afraid. For every situation in life, for everyone. So here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. This is Pentecost Sunday. This didn't surprise God that we'd be talking about this today. Pentecost Sunday is the day where I told you fear was dealt a massive blow by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to say to everybody in this room, everybody outside in the overflow, everybody watching online, everybody, this is an opportunity for us today to be set free from fear. But here's what you gotta do. You gotta do what I've done in in my life many times. Let me tell you something, I've, I've, I've been so fearful. This was a long time ago. I was so fearful one night in Africa based on satanic attack. I was so fearful in Africa that I regretted giving my life to Christ and following Jesus. That's the power of fear. I shook in my hotel room 
and found out the next morning the juju man, the witch doctor, was outside of our room cursing us and we didn't even know it. I'm honest with you. I'm not, I'm not here as super Christian. I'm telling you that fear is powerful, but God is more powerful. And, and if we'll be humble enough to admit that fear has gotten the best of us at times, or maybe right now, or right now, I believe we can see God do something in your life where we can on Pentecost Sunday 2022 put a stake in the ground and say, no more, no more, no more. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the Son sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.